the Chair 2 Leaders Podcast with your hosts, Danny Smith and Ben South. If you lead from the second chair or you work with those who do, this is a place for you. We're glad you're here for conversations about the church, ministry, life, and how we can serve better for God's kingdom. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Chair 2 Leaders. I'm Ben South here with my good friend, Danny Smith. Glad you're listening in this week. Danny, how are you? Well, Ben, I'm doing great. Man, just trucking along. Um, you and I were talking a little bit before uh, uh, we uh, started hitting the uh, record button, and I think you mentioned that like 15% or so of the year is gone, and you know, when you put percentages on it like that, yeah, things move quickly, and uh, January is that month that never seems to end. And now February, as we're recording this, is quickly coming to an end. And so uh, it's quite the, may I say, maddening time of the year. And it is coming into my favorite time of the year, which is March Madness. So it is. with basketball so tournaments, those coming up, it's favorite time of the year. It is. It has its own unique, um, I mean, just people, your coworkers, people that don't care about sports, kind of this time of the year, all know what brand catology is they all you know if they hear the phrase march madness they get it um if they hear the cbs music they know what's coming on tv it's a great time of the year and um as our listeners are listening to this you might be uh, uh, getting ready to fill some brackets out and talk about uh, your favorite basketball team or who should have made it or who shouldn't have and you know being we were kind of discussing uh, these next few episodes of thinking about those frustrations and the things that can maybe be a little maddening or cause some madness in ministry. There really are some ministry madness things that will just, you know, drive you bonkers if you're not careful, make you want to pull your hair out or what's left of your hair, pull it out. And yeah, I, right. we, we talked about, let's just kind of talk through some of those things that what are those crazy things that just frustrate you and how can we, how can we deal with them? Well, I'll start uh, with, uh, I can remember the very, very first ministry position I ever had, I, you know, as a youth minister, um, I think it was around October because they were doing a fall fest at our church and, you know, being a part-time youth minister, I was working full-time somewhere else. And I, I was pretty excited about our Wednesday night youth. I mean, that was kind of the main event uh, of what I did. And I walked in and, and uh, inside the, uh, the area we met with youth was all staging for this fall festival that would be happening. And I think maybe that following weekend, I had no heads up about it. Uh, the the committee in charge of it, uh, they were like, oh yeah, this is what we do every year. And I'm like, you couldn't tell me, you couldn't give me a heads up. And we had to scramble. And to this day, uh, just a very maddening time. I remember my wife and I going, man, a heads up would have been great on this. We could have gotten involved, but it's little things like that sometimes. So one of the things that we could kind of kick around first maybe is just sometimes the utter lack of communication uh, of people in a church with uh, different things going on. It can cause a lot of madness. It can cause a lot of frustration simply because somebody didn't pick up the phone or send a text or, or an email saying, oh, by the way, Ben, don't forget Wednesday, we're going to be using this room that you typically use for something else. That can be very frustrating. 
absolutely. We've even had some of those issues in the last few weeks. People just say, hey, we're going to use this room for this tonight. It's like, uh, we have something going on in there. You can't. And it's like, then they'll announce on social media, hey, these things are going on. Uh, it's like, oh, that'd been nice to know. So, <laughs> it, it, some of it just comes down to communication, having those streams. But like you said, in your first church there, they knew it was happening. You just didn't. And so part of it, it's that communication there, but looking to plan and how to, um, you know, make arrangements for everything can just be frustrating when, when you don't get good communication and, you know, you don't have all the information you need to make the right decisions or plan for it. It, it can really just drive you crazy because you're expected to know those things. And then they expect you to respond in a certain way, but you have no knowledge of it. And so, especially in those early years of ministry, uh, there's a lot of things you don't know, you don't know. And, those can just be a maddening time without the good communication. Yeah, I, I think that communication is something we all have the illusion that we do well, but but really we don't. And I think from the ministry and the staffing side of it, um, I think it it reminds us, I need to dot my I's and cross my T's. In other words, I don't want to tell the Sunday school teacher on Sunday morning, oh, by the way, I'm using your room for this. Um, just like we don't want that, that Sunday school teacher or committee or whatever to tell us, oh, by the way, we're using your area for this particular deal it's maddening because everybody um, has a desire and a giftedness to to serve the church even if it's not from the best motives or even if it's done imperfectly and i think we can ease some of the madness of ministry by just sending that uh you know that one quick text message that one quick email and of course something we've talked about a lot bringing people in to have feedback and you know part of the planning process and Ben, you know, uh, one thing I've tried to do um, over the last year, I don't, uh, I'm learning, but, you know, I don't know who wrote this. I don't know what book it came out of, but essentially there's, uh, if it takes, takes less than, let's say, two minutes to do, you know, they encourage you do it right then. If it's going to take more time than that, put it on your calendar, schedule it. And I think that's true for communication. If it's just a quick text message to say, Ben, Hey, just a reminder, we talked a few weeks ago, but we're using this area on Sunday. That took 30 seconds at the most to do, and you've covered your bases. And so I think we can help our church families, um, and I think we can help ourselves ease some of that madness and frustration by simply at that moment communicating and making sure that we communicate well. Absolutely. Communication is key on those things. Now, for me, one of the maddening things is sometimes there are people who just assume that you are just sitting. It's almost like you're sitting around waiting for them to call for you to do something. Uh, and, and I will say this is not the majority of people. There, there's really very few that just assume that you can just meet at any time, that you have nothing going on and that, you know, you're ready just to to respond or, and jump and go as soon as they you know call you or, you know, they beckon you to somewhere. And there are, honestly, there are some type of things that require that, you know, if it's an emergency uh, health situation, someone's, you know, had an accident, there are times you just need to be able to jump and go. But if it's a meeting to talk about, you know, the planning committee that's going to be looking at altar flowers uh, for the fall and it's March, that's not an emergency, but it's always that member who thinks whatever they're interested in is an ultimate absolute emergency at that point. So how have you successfully navigated those type of situations? I assume you have had those situations. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, and I think depending on maybe the type of church that you're in, um, maybe dictates a lot of that. I think you have to be very clear on the front end that I can't be at everything. Um, you know, having kids has been a big help to that, but my kids are quickly growing up. And, well, one day here in the next few years, be out of the house. But yeah, I think, I think it's empowering to people to say, Hey, I trust you guys to make that decision. Um, I think it's empowering for people to not have to have the pastor there to make the final decision in those moments. But I think also just helping people understand, I cannot physically be uh, away from home five out of the seven nights or six out of the seven nights. Are there seasons of that? You bet. But like you said, to go pick out altar flowers, um, for example, you know, if somebody calls and goes, hey, before I make this order, is that OK? Well, yeah, it's budgeted. Make the order. I don't have to give you the OK for this. And so I, I think just making those expectations clear. And again, this starts with your staff. Um, if you're on staff, um, then, you know, you're in a multi-staff church. I'm sure there's times you guys have to go, man, I just can't do it. I can't be there. I'm not going to be able to help out with that. I think the other is with your church leadership. Um, in those leadership meetings, reminding people, um, I can't be at everything. And you were saying this, I think, hopefully everybody knows, Ben, from not to be lazy, not to show up to anything, but just simply making sure you protect, uh, you know, your own burnout, your own uh, propensity to try to be at everything. Um, just communicate that well with your, that what goes back to communicate to to make sure we get those assumptions right. But I think for me, I've just tried to tell my leaders our deacons, whoever it may be, here's what's expected. And we're not expecting them to do something we're not expecting to do either. Yeah. And I think one of the things you have to do when you communicate is show, hey, I do value what you're doing. That's important. It's an important thing. Here are the times I can talk about this. Here are the available times. Here's a good time. Right now is not if it's, you know, right before or after a service. I don't need to talk about what's going on three months from now. Uh, if it's, one of those type of things. And even sometimes with counseling, you know, if this is a problem that has taken six months or six years or a decade or more to develop, you know, I don't expect me as an emergency right now to come and drop everything for a problem that's been building for a long, long time. Let's set a time. Let's walk through this. It's going to be a slow process anyway, especially on those counseling situations. But let's set a time. Let's figure out when we can meet instead of just assuming that, hey, this afternoon you can knock, block out three hours or two hours for whatever it is. And so I think just being able to clearly communicate, hey, I, I, I see the value in that. Let's have a time when I can focus myself and really devote my time to visiting with you about this and be focused and not have other distractions going on. Yeah, I think it helps our people. Um, it helps us, but it helps our people. Also take that frame of mind of let's not let the kind of, as the old saying says, tyranny of the urgent, you know, rob every day. And and that leads to another frustration, Ben, is that sometimes in ministry, because of the communication issues or the assumptions, these urgent things that take place when they don't necessarily have to. And again, we're trying to draw some lines here. We know people go in the hospital unexpectedly. We know uh, parents find out something about their kids and really need to talk to somebody. So we get that. Um, I think that the frustrations that can come out of some of just those um, unnecessary urgencies is we lose time in the word. We lose time in prayer. We don't have um, 
the devotional life that we want to have. And I think some of the ministry frustrations is that that our own joy, our own delight in the things of the Lord can really suffer if we let all those other things dictate our schedule, our time, where we're going to be at, and we just have nothing left to uh, uh, to really get. There's a, there's a book I read a couple of years ago called Thinking Fast, Thinking Slow, and essentially they said, hey, there's only so much you can process through both times of really intense learning and then just over the scheduled times there's processing things and so i think spiritually it's hard to process where we're at how we're growing how to feed others when we're struggling with just that time and and uh those assumptions and communication issues it can really affect our spiritual life okay here's another ministry madness and this is going to go back years for me one of the big frustrating things used to always be it never fails. A volunteer is going to call 10 minutes before the the class is supposed to start and say, I can't make it today. I can remember getting those calls several times. And if anybody from my church is listening, I don't remember if this was you or not. So I'm not, I don't have a person in mind when I'm saying this, but it never fails. There's going to be that volunteer that's going to 10 minutes before, oh, I can't make it today. It's like, well, you knew that this was coming up. Now, if it's a sickness or something emergency, kind of that's by all means an exception and understandable. But when you've not felt well for three days and and you just call me 10 minutes before the class is supposed to start and say, I need somebody else to feel, what, what do you expect us to do? <laughs> you know, we have our own responsibilities. We're teaching somewhere else. And so it's it's not like we just have a line of people waiting in, in reserves, ready to teach every lesson, every age group, every Sunday. Then we have people, but they want some preparation time as well. So I think that for me is one of the most, was especially when I served in children's ministry, that was one of the most maddening things was those last minute phone calls. Uh, and that don't happen all the time. And I, I don't think most people intentionally do it, um, but good grief. They're, they're maddening. Yeah. You know, it's, it's here you are getting ready to either lead a group of volunteers for the day or both lead and go teach. And you're like, now I'm scrambling. It just it throws the whole thing off. Yeah, I think uh, I, you said something I think is really funny. We don't have, have a line of volunteers. If a church had a line of volunteers, we would never be begging for more volunteers. We just it just is not there. <laughs> and so nursery workers. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Youth ministry, children's ministry. You see that a lot um, happening. And again, I hope everybody hears our heart behind this, that we understand things happen. Right. You wake up sick as a dog. You were fine the day before things happen. But yeah, when when you kind of know behind the scenes, like, hey, you could have called me Thursday on this or Wednesday on this, you know, this would have been even just the day before. Or, or you knew it might be a possibility. Even just give me a heads up. Hey, I might have to. I could have somebody on standby, you know, just, man, that's the, a tough thing. So how do we how do we deal with that in ministry? Yeah, I, I, you know, we always say it goes back to expectations or um, it, it, it's one of those things that I think we just have to tell our volunteer base hey, we get it that you're going to wake up sick. We get it that you're going to wake up and your kid is sick. We get that. But when you have an idea, like you said, uh, you know, there's a possibility. It is always prudent to call beforehand. Hey, I'm not feeling well on Friday. I think I'll be fine for Sunday. But just in case, is there somebody I can call or is there somebody you can call? I think we have to just keep telling people, 
And, and you have to do it every meeting, right? If you have a volunteer meeting once a quarter, you got to say it once a quarter. If you have it once a month, once a month, every time you talk to your volunteers, you've got to let them know, make sure you text me, make sure you call me, make sure you email me, whatever it is, that communication, the assumptions, the maddening things, just keep those expectations. I, I think sometimes we think we're going to hurt people's feelings or, uh, you know, we don't have to go in and, and be scathing to everybody. But I think if people can understand the impact of their ministry and what God is doing in that ministry, and one way to derail that is just leaving people hanging, it really communicates well, hey, here's what we expect. And uh, just, and, and, and being, I think another way to handle that too is build in breaks for your people because there are times people are like, crud, I just, I don't have it today. I think it's been one of those weeks, stretches, whatever. Now, in ministry, we don't we don't get that luxury because we're going to show up either way. But our folks maybe build in those natural breaks every so often, so that way maybe it can give them that refresher that they need if that ended up being really what it was. Yeah, I think one of the things you can do to encourage them to do that is elevate the value of their role. So they see it not just as a big deal. Oh, it's no big deal. Someone else can come in and lead this group or teach it. No, elevate the priority and the value of it in their role. As you're asking them, hey, to let me know, tell them the reason you want to do it. It's because you value it so highly and because it is so important in ministry. Because if it's not important, they're going to be a lot less likely to prioritize making sure it's taken care of. So as you lead and teach and train people, elevate the value of their role which will give them a greater responsibility and a greater responsibility to make sure, you know, we have time to make sure it's covered if if they're not able to be there. I think that's just kind of a psychological thing. A, a lot of times people get to the point of thinking, oh, it's no big deal. They don't they can do it without me. But celebrate them, celebrate their role so they know the value and the high priority in the ministry structure that it is so that they will also value it and highly prioritize it in their life and their approach to it. Yeah, there's so many frustrations in ministry that um, really it, it could take a lot of episodes to talk through. I think probably there are those listening going, man, I'm dealing with a situation right now that's, you know, maybe it's a, a, maybe a church is in a building project and there's all kinds of frustrations with that. Maybe a church is in a season of growth and it's good frustrations to have. Maybe they're in a season of decline, you know, and, and and we want our listeners to know these frustrations, A, uh, they don't take God by surprise. Um, you know, we're human. We're wired to be frustrated. We're wired to, to, to even get upset with people. But just remember that God is working in and through your life, through the lives of those folks in the church. And I mean, I think something I have to do, and honestly, being it's taken getting into my 40s to, to do this is and I just got to trust the Lord that, you know, if in my mind it goes not according to plan or seems like a complete failure or flip-flop or whatever, and it's still the Lord's church and he's still going to grow his church and let's just be faithful to him even with the frustrations and the madness. Yeah, I think for you the key is to learn to trust the Lord, as you say, and don't let the, the ministry madness itself derail you. Make sure you're still, like you talked earlier, spend time in the Word, trusting the Lord. Sometimes you're not going to know what to do. You're going to be bewildered. You're going to feel like you're a failure, but continue to trust the Lord through it and don't let it get you off course. 
because whatever this maddening season is, if it's just busyness, if it's a, a volunteer, if it's a, an issue, it's a conflict, most of those situations are going to pass in a short amount of time. So make sure you're maintaining the most important things and, and staying true to your goal and to your ministry priorities. Well, that's well said. And, you know, Ben, one way to um, stay connected to those ministry priorities or to at least get a better toolkit to be able to handle those frustrations and to really grow in your walk with the Lord is to take a look at our sponsor of these podcasts, that's Central Baptist College. Uh, now's a great time to go out to cbc.edu. You can find information on degree programs. Uh, maybe you started a degree years ago, didn't finish it. They've got the PACE degree program. Maybe you're looking to further your ministry education. They've got a great uh, uh, Bible department, but uh, a whole host of um, different academic programs that you can take a look at. Uh, we encourage you to connect with an admissions counselor, um, request more information, get financial aid information. The website, cbc.edu, can give you all of the tools you need to be able to start your journey at Central Baptist College. Um, and uh, however God uses that in your life like he has in our lives, uh, you'll be blessed by it. So go check out cbc.edu today. Thankful for you listening in. Like or share uh, this podcast, comment wherever you receive your podcast. That helps other people find us as well. I hope you have a great week. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Chair 2 Leaders. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates. And make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Chair 2 Leaders wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.